0: Okay guys, there's something I have to share with you all and it's not necessarily the most comfortable thing for me or the most comfortable thing for me to admit because I feel like it makes me a very irresponsible business owner. But that truth is that I am just now two and a half years in looking at my business analytics and metrics. And I have been avoiding them like the plague because when I took statistics in graduate school, it was the worst subject for me. And I almost, or at least I feel like I almost flunked out a couple times because it just was not clicking for me. And luckily I had a really great instructor and I had really great cohort and they were patient with me and they helped me get through the steps, but it's still a sore subject for me. And so I just avoided it because I'm actually really good at math. I love doing quadratic equations. I will foil inside and out all day long. But if you ask me to do anything with stats, I'm like, huh? nah, that ain't for your girl, okay? I had to have a come to Jesus or whatever you want to call it moment where I was like, okay, pull up your big girl business pants and look at your metrics because... You need to know what's happening in the background of your business. How am I supposed to grow if I don't know what's going on, right? And so if you're like me and you've been avoiding your metrics and analytics like the plague, then listen to today's podcast because I'm going to give you a little bit of 411 on how to make it as simple for you as possible. So hang tight. My name is Brittany Drake, and I'm the host of Mom Homie Podcast, where I talk mom to mom on the realities of being a freelancer, having your own business, and working with your little one in the mix. Whether you work from home or go to work in an office or you're a stay-at-home mom or some combination of, working becomes exponential with kids, as we've all learned, because of the various hats that we wear on a day-to-day basis just to be called mom. So why am I feeling like I need to finally look at my metrics? Because I've been in business long enough where I can measure growth and see where things were most profitable and balanced. And I can also see how I should continue to scale things like this podcast, my blog, or even taking on new clients. I also had a moment where I was like, I can't avoid this anymore. I must review the metrics that matter to me the most because I can look at the relevance. I can answer questions like, How do I take a vacation with my family? What times are my busiest that I would need help with babysitting? Is anyone listening to this podcast? And the reason why is because I don't want to work harder than I have to. I want to make sure that the work I'm doing is effective, that's valuable, that it means something to somebody. And I want to also make sure that I have room to fulfill other interests, especially if that means spending more time with my family. The problem with metrics, though, is that when you hear it, you think, oh, it's all numbers. Oh, it's going to be this report that I don't know how to read or understand. I don't know what matters and what doesn't. Uh, Are impressions good or views better? You know, things like that. So instead of like stressing about all of the things that metrics could tell you and Analyzing everything that it could be, I was like, "Well, what matters to me? You know, like what? What do I? What do I want to do with my metrics? Uh, what kind of growth do I want to see?" I started looking at it as, "How can it serve me?" versus "What realities it's telling me?" You know, or like, "Where am I missing opportunity?" or "Can I get rid of Pinterest?" You know, things like that. The other reason why I avoided it is because I didn't want to get obsessed with my bottom line and get distracted with putting all my eggs in one basket because I do a lot of this because I enjoy it and it's not always showing me the greatest return on my investment, but I do have faith that eventually it will. And because of that, I was like, well, maybe I should see like what are some of the more popular episodes of the podcast what did I talk about what was the rhythm what was the outline for it you know was it easy to follow just different things like that and yes I'm asking a lot of questions and I'll say this just so you don't get ahead of yourself don't feel like you have to make all the changes that your metrics reveals at once but again it's good to know it's good to have it in your back pocket and if you're wondering how to scale your business for next year We're in the fourth quarter, so it makes sense to look at these things now so that you have three months to put out a new strategy and plan and how you want to, you know, make changes to your social media or your website or your podcast or, you know, how you take clients and things like that. And don't let fear get the best of you either because whether you look at the numbers or not, they're happening, you know? And if you're scared to look at them, see if there's somebody like a business companion or mentor that will look at it with you to kind of guide you and let you know, like, okay, yeah, like this is good. Or maybe this could use a little bit more love, or maybe you can just get rid of this all together. Having somebody to back you up like that will, will help you feel comfortable in the information that you're going to learn from looking at your metrics. And so that leads us to our affirmation because Again, like looking at numbers doesn't necessarily reflect all of the hard work that you put into your business, right? What it does reflect is where you can maybe put more or less of your energy and again, like what you can keep and get rid of so that you're not feeling like you're being worn thin or you're looking at, okay, well, my audience is here. And so it would be best for me to put a little bit more focus where my audience is at versus You know, maybe having another platform where you're not seeing as many people interact or engage or go to your website or whatever it is. So our affirmation is my value cannot be measured. My value cannot be measured. And the reason why I say this is because a lot of the times you see people counting how much they're worth as a brand and as a business based off of things like likes and follows or the bottom line. And although those are things that you want because that means that you're making a dent in your corner of the internet or whatever it is, or you're showing a great return on your investment, it doesn't consider all of the nights that you stayed up late, all of the last minute requests that you made, All of the days where you balanced being a mom and a wife and a daughter, it doesn't measure the quality. So your value cannot be measured and just keep that in mind. Okay, so where do we start when we're looking at metrics? It's easy to get into a rabbit hole and to just keep digging and digging and digging until you end up on the other side in Paris. But... To ground yourself and make sure that you're not getting to a place that's not going to be beneficial to you in the long run, categorize your metrics. So categorize it in a way of metrics that make you feel good versus metrics that help you balance your finances versus metrics that show you any sort of conversion or attention to your website and your podcast and really consider what matters to you out of those things so for example I have Grammarly and I have later Grammarly is the tool that you put on your desktop and it helps you write more cohesively and catches any spelling errors you may have and as a writer I thought it was only smart to have this virtual writing assistant that can kind of tell me like hey like this doesn't make sense you know or choose an easier word or whatever it is. So with Grammarly, I don't get any metrics from it that would necessarily, I think, make me a better writer, but it makes me feel good. It shows me how much I've written for the year. It shows me what kind of tone I use on a regular basis. It shows me where maybe my grammar isn't great and I can maybe make some changes, but, It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm doing a lot of writing, which is what I want to do. I think last time I checked, it was probably at like 4 million words that I've written. And I only got Grammarly like, I think five months ago. So just imagine like how many words I've written since January 1st of this year, right? So go ahead and soak up those feel good metrics. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just going to motivate you to do more. And I think that's the point. And same with later. Now this can be a little tricky because if you're looking at later, then you're essentially measuring your social media. And while it's good to see what's going on on the various platforms, I do know that people will tend to get in their head about, well, I I thought this was a great video. Why didn't they like it? Or they look at a picture that is seemingly nothing and they're like, wow, this got a lot of likes. So be careful with later in that regard. But again, if you're just looking to see, you know, if something that you're doing is getting more eyes on it or something that you tried different is working, Then you know, look at that as also a feel good metric, and then you can even consider making more content of that nature. Just don't let it consume you. The next thing that I categorized was financial balancing and metrics. I use QuickBooks, and oh, let me just say this too: like I'm not telling you to go one way or the other. I'm not doing any sort of advertising for these programs. It's just what I use. But for QuickBooks. I started using it like two or three months ago and I've been finding it pretty beneficial. It's been eye-opening for me because I was able to see how much I was spending to run my business versus what I was making. And I was actually coming up with a pretty good return on my investment. The only thing is that I was looking at my personal balance and because my business is still within its first five years, I'm not really showing any sort of uh, income technically for myself as an employee, even though my business is making money, if that makes any sense. So the next step for me would be to probably pay myself. And I say pay in quotation marks so that it can show a more accurate reflection of How much money I'm making, how much is set aside for taxes, how much is going towards business expenses, how much is to set aside for anything new that I may want to do for my business, and then also, again, pay myself. So having something to balance your metrics, whether you are doing it yourself and putting together a Google graph or whatever it is, then it'll kind of show you where things are financially. And besides having that, I also have a spreadsheet of just bills that I need to pay on a regular basis or an annual basis or things like one-time payments that I need to make or things are going to increase in certain payments. And even though I don't necessarily have that set up for any sort of graphing, it's just nice to have it all in one place if I'm ever like, hey, I'm spending $15 a month on this software yet. I only use it once every three months. Maybe I don't need it, you know? Having some sort of way to look at your financial is another place to start. And then lastly, you want to look at things that could bring more money. So like I called it money potential metrics or passive income. I think that we all want to get to a point where we have a passive income. That means for me what this podcast could potentially be in the future or what my website could be in the future, depending on what sort of value it has. Uh, and so I was looking at my podcast metrics and my website metrics. I have two websites and also my link tree metrics. And it just was showing me where my traffic was going. And what I discovered is that some of my traffic was going to places that I didn't necessarily intend it to go to. But then I said, well, what do they do when they get there? And that was where... I was like, okay, I can make changes to my website, and then with the podcast, I was pleasantly surprised to see what my reach was, and I actually had some people in Europe, Asia, and Africa listening, which I thought was pretty cool because I do know that for certain things like this, it's very specific to, you know, our economy or uh, our culture, things like that. But it makes me happy to know that somebody some. Where far away is enjoying this. And if you are listening right now, thank you so much. I'm glad to have you as a listener. Those are a few places where you can start. And you don't have to start there, but it's just to help you get out of your head and to dip your toe into your metrics and analyze them. And if you want more detail about exactly what I did and what I am concluding where I need to make changes and things so that you can sort of copy that same sort of formula. I do have a blog coming out tomorrow morning and you can read that at momhomie.com. That's M-O-M-H-O-M-I-E.com. So to wrap up this episode, here are the key takeaways. Your metrics do not reflect how valuable your business is. Don't get so caught up in your metrics because what you're doing in the background day in and day out is worth so much more than what those reflect. Don't let that eat away at you. And when you do look at your metrics, look at it as a way of it showing you what's working for you. So that way you can optimize on the things that are working for you. And if you see things that aren't working for you, you can get rid of them, like certain softwares that you're paying for or even certain social media platforms. And then you can also look at any sort of ideas that you've presented that have gotten people's attention and think about how can I repurpose that idea? You know, Usually when you have a really great idea, it doesn't stop at the one episode that you made of your podcast or the one video that you made for YouTube or the one post that you made. It's usually something that you can repurpose over and over again. And actually it's smarter to do it that way because I know you did not put in the hours and hours and hours of work and research on the one thing so that it can just show up in one place. You wanna make sure that you are, again, optimizing that as much as you can. The other thing about metrics is that it can show you where you can make improvements and expand or grow. And if you are finding that you're not getting a lot of traction on Instagram, for example, but you do want more out of Instagram, then you say, okay, well, like, where's the opportunity at? Where can I grow on this platform? What do I need to do? Do I need to engage more? Do I need to post more frequently? Do I need to make different types of posts? Do I need to go live? Those sorts of things. So it'll help you come up with a stronger strategy when you're going into what it is that you need to grow in or elaborate on. And then finally, with looking at your metrics, it lets you know who's engaged in your content. Are you reaching the right audience? I was pleasantly surprised to see that although this podcast is geared towards working moms, I have a good percentage of men listening as well. I don't know if they're dads, but it made me happy to see that this was valuable enough for them to listen to as well. If understanding your metrics is hard for you to grasp, you're not alone. If you can seek help from someone who does understand, whether that's a trusted confidant, mentor, or some sort of software program, then by all means, if you can make that work for you, please do. Just make sure that they are in your corner and that you trust them. And there are also people that you can hire to look at it for you. But again, because we're talking about sensitive numbers and sometimes money, make sure it's someone that's reputable, that you trust to handle your numbers and to report to you anything that's good and bad. I hope this episode inspired you to look at the background metrics and to not be so fearful of what it might reveal. Whether you look at them or not, there are always going to be things happening in the background and instead of being inactive in it all, be proactive in it. Take a look at it. Even if that means you're not necessarily going to make any changes right away, just know what's going on because it will make a difference in how you see your business and also give you some direction in where you should be and where you shouldn't so that you're not overworking yourself. Thank you so much for listening to the 20th episode of Mom Homie. This was a huge milestone for me. I did not think that I was going to stick with my podcast. I thought that I would do it for a little bit and that that would be it, but I'm actually really enjoying it. I think that eventually I'll have more people that find the value in it as I'm still working out exactly who the audience is and things like that. But the important thing is that I started it and that I'm sticking with it. And if you're somebody who's not sure about the next step in your business or you want perfection beforehand, just know that you're going to get stuck in what I call starting hell. Which is that like, okay, I'm going to start after, I'm going to start after, I'm going to start after and just do it. Just jump in. There's things you're going to learn as you go and there's things you're not going to know until you come across it. So if you're about to hit a milestone in anything that you're doing, then congratulations. And if you're just getting started and you are hoping to hit certain milestones, you got this. Thank you so much for listening today. And I'll talk with you soon.